Welcome to episode 35 of the Watch Rolling Podcast. The Watch Rolling Podcast is a veteran-owned podcast that helps newer watch enthusiasts learn from the mistakes I made early on in my watch collecting journey, while also bringing veterans' resources to the attention of the watch enthusiast community. My name is Jason. I'm your host. If you're new to the pod, welcome. And if you're returning, welcome back. Episode 35 is brought to you by Mushi Watch Straps. Mushi Watch Straps is a veteran-owned business that provides well-built and fairly priced NATO straps, two-piece straps, leather and canvas straps, as well as watch tools accessories, and storage. Feel free to use the code VET10 at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's Victor Echo Tango 10 at checkout for 10% off your entire order. I'll also include the link to Mushi Watch Straps in the show notes, and they can be found at www.mushiwatchstraps.com. So for those of you that follow the podcast, you know I've taken a little bit of a break with the holidays. I was also dealing with the loss of a friend, uh, pretty much a family member, and so I wanted to take some time to to, you know, grieve and all that stuff. So I appreciate your patience. I hope everyone had a good holiday. I'd like to wish everybody a happy new year. I'm recording this on January 2nd. It should release tomorrow. And uh, I'm pretty excited about the topics. So this week I'm going to discuss FOMO or the fear of missing out, how this relates to new watch enthusiasts and how to combat it in 2023. Because I have a funny feeling there's going to be ample opportunity for FOMO in 2023, especially with how the watch industry is doing new releases all the time. And, and then they also like to toss around the terms limited edition, special edition, all this other stuff. So first topic is going to be how to discuss FOMO or we're going to discuss FOMO and how it relates to new watch enthusiasts and how to combat it in 2023. And I also discuss a free and really cool resource for helping people get to sleep. Um, it's primarily a veteran resource, but really if you look at the website, anyone can access it. And you got, and you know, every, the audience knows from Instagram, I make sleep reels all the time. So I'm always trying to help people get to sleep because it's something I kind of have to deal with all the time. It can be a little bit of a struggle um, at times, but let's get into the watch enthusiast part. So FOMO. I'd be surprised if people don't know what FOMO is at this point, but it's the fear of missing out. So I did a real deep dive on this because I've I've been thinking about how to gear my podcast. And what I want to do is help the new watch enthusiast, first of all, because even though I'm an actual veteran of the military, um, I'm still relatively new in the watch enthusiast space. Like I I think three years, maybe if I'm being serious, like three and some change. Um, And and all I do is I know enough to know that I'll probably never know everything. I mean, it's insane. Just, I mean, if if you're going just, you know, if you were to take the three standard types of movements, right? Like the manual line mechanical, the automatic mechanical and the chords movement. I mean, it's, it sounds simple at first until you start delving into all the differences and all the changes and adaption and modifications you can make to those. So I I think at this point, I know just enough to be dangerous, uh, but I want to be able to help you, the newer watch enthusiast, or even if you're experienced, maybe not consider something. And I feel like the the one thing when I sat back, I thought about it. The one thing I really dealt with initially, once I started to actually realize I was a watch enthusiast was the fear of missing out because as you start, you know, you start to, uh, find resources, right. Whether it's, you know, written resources or audio resources like podcast, or whether it's video resources, which might be the most dangerous if I'm being honest, because you can actually see the watches there. 
And then you start watching all this stuff or listening to all this stuff or reading all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you get a little bit of insight into brands. And when you do that, then you start to understand, you know, release schedules when stuff's getting dropped or who's collaborating with who. And, and I'll be honest, like in the beginning, I saw a lot of stuff that I wanted. And the worst part was I didn't know as much about the brand or even the mechanical side of the timepieces as I should have. And I made some purchases. I kind of regret now. Some of those watches I've been able to sell uh, at a loss, usually. Uh, some of them, I got a couple of them sitting around here that I can't do anything with because, you know, no one's even buying them. So I'm going to put them on eBay and hopefully one day someone gets them for like 10 cents on the dollar or something. But FOMO was a big thing when I first started. And it was a fear of missing out on uh, certain brands or certain models that the brands release. And so I did a I did a deep dive and I found some I found some educational papers and some studies and some psychological institutes institute stuff about what FOMO actually is. So this will all be paraphrased. I'll include the links in the show notes to all this stuff. I always cite my sources. Everybody knows that. Um, so I'm going to do a lot of paraphrasing, but then I'll cite, you know, who the paper came from and all that stuff. So FOMO was originally coined in 2004, the term, and it literally ties directly to social media. And then according to the paper I found, it was used in earnest around 2010, specifically with social media. So I found this paper called The Fear of Missing Out, A Brief Overview of Origin, Theoretical Underpinnings, and Relationships with Mental Health from Mayank Gupta and Aditya Sharma. And it goes into FOMO, how it started, and it's just really, really interesting. Um, they touch a little bit on self-determination theory, which I'll cover that in a second. And I'm not trying to make this a psych podcast or any of that stuff. So I'm going to paraphrase everything. But I, I think it's important as newer watch enthusiasts to understand FOMO and see how it can drive us, right? Because then if we recognize that, then we can pump our brakes a little bit on stuff. So, so FOMO was conceptualized using self-determination theory. And self-determination theory, basically, I'm going to paraphrase it again here, are different motivated behaviors, right? So reward, like reward could be a motivation, like maybe you want to lose weight, but people will lose weight because uh, maybe you have an app that your employer lose, uses that gives you a reward for that or punishment. Maybe if you're heavy, you'll get higher uh, health insurance premiums if, if you're too heavy. So you're going to lose the weight because you're fear of the punishment, internal pressure. Uh, you know, maybe someone says something to you like, oh, you should lose a little weight. And then you get mad at the person, but internally you're going to, you know, push yourself to lose the weight uh, value. Sometimes people see a value in something like maybe if you lose weight, you want to be healthier. And that's another form of motivation. And then there's also interest and enjoyment. So, you know, maybe someone has never worked out before. I've, I've known plenty of people like that. They, it wasn't something they did growing up, but as they became adults, they, they exercise a little bit. They found a form of exercise that they loved and they did it. And then all of a sudden, that interest and enjoyment led to an overall healthier lifestyle for them. So those are just parts of the self-determination theory. Really, you have autonomy, competence, relatedness. Those all equal to your motivation. And autonomy is the feeling one has a choice in willingly endorsing one's behavior. Competence is the experience of mastery and being effective in one's activity. And relatedness, the need to feel connected and belongingness with others. So this self-determination theory all kind of works its way into the FOMO, which the FOMO, <laughs> but I'll get into that in a second. So understanding what drives FOMO, we just discussed that. So social relatedness can drive intrinsic motivation, which in turn can encourage positive mental health. So 
in a positive way, you can have social relatedness. So say there's a group of us and we're online and we're sharing our watches. It can drive intrinsic motivation. Maybe you want to learn more about a brand that your buddy on Instagram, he or she is showing. Um, and that can encourage positive mental health because you're out there learning. But when they applied SDT to FOMO, they realized that it can also have a negative emotional state. FOMO can lead to that from unmet social relatedness needs, right? And so the way I read that was, is I'll give you an example. Uh, I know a group of guys that all have tutors and they have a, you know, a, a, a catchy name for their group, which I think is awesome. You know, and when I first met those guys, I was like, oh man, I really should get a tutor. But the thing is, I, I didn't know enough about tutor and I could ask those guys and stuff, but they all have tutors and that's something I should learn about myself. And I've been saving for a tutor. And because I was able to fight that urge, I am now like on my way to Tutorville and I know which tutor I'm going to get. And it took me a year and a half or two, but I didn't want to rush into that decision or that purchase because I didn't really know enough about the brand. So was there a slightly negative emotional state? I mean, for like 10th of a second, I was like, oh man, it really sucks. I can't uh, be part of the tutor guys. But then I realized it was like an unmet social related need, but one I put on myself, like they weren't telling me, oh, you need to get a tutor. It was me telling myself. So the conceptualization they say in the paper about FOMO involves negative effect from unmet social needs. In a lot of other theories, it's similar to a negative emotional effects of social ostracism. But in reality, I ostracize myself. No one ostracized me. Um, you know, and I, and I think that's true for a lot of it. I don't see a lot of the watch fam. If someone's, you know, if there's a group of people in the doxa and someone doesn't have a doxa, I don't see them sitting around pointing at the person going, you don't have a doxa. They don't do that. You know, they're more than happy to talk to you about their doxas, for example, and help you learn about the doxas. You can learn about them. And then they're pro my experience, unless there's a group of bad people out there is, most of the watch fam would be more than happy to help teach you, educate you. If you live locally and there's a watch meetup, let you handle their stuff so you can get some real tactile response. And I think you could just fight FOMO by taking that step, but there's more steps we'll talk about in a second. So that's kind of what it means. But to, to paraphrase, it just means that we as individuals, we're the ones that are driving the negative bus by ostracizing ourselves if we don't score something that everyone else is getting, right? And what I'll tell you is a new watch always comes out. But people will be like, a new watch comes out and I have to be included in this group. That's not always true. So how does all this relate to us as new enthusiasts? Well, once you learn a bit, a little bit, like I said earlier, it's easy to make rash decisions, right? That on top of, you're you know, just enough to be dangerous. And then you have limited editions that come out, special editions that come out, wait lists that come out. All those can drive FOMO, right? And it was funny, uh, someone brought up to me the other day, you know, if a certain watch brand only makes limited editions, are they really all that limited? And it's, you know, that's an existential question for another time, but I, I think it's an interesting question to ask. We could probably do a whole podcast on that. Um, all those things can drive FOMO though. And then the media cycle, right? You have the regular media cycle, then you have our watch enthusiast-based media cycle. And they pump out new information all the time. And it can be, you know, I don't like the term overwhelming because I mean, it's not, let's be honest about it. We're talking about watch enthusiast stuff. We're not talking about life-saving things or anything, but it, it could be a lot. You know, like, oh man, and, and if you try to pay attention to every single new thing that comes out, it can be a little much. So what I always tell people is use that little bit of dangerous knowledge you have to continue to learn about these brands as they pop up, right? If you see something that interests you, don't pull the trigger right away. Take that interest and funnel it 
to look at something else that they release, like deep dive their catalog, like go through their catalog. Um, I brought up Docs earlier. Docs is on my shortlist, the 600T, because I had seen other Docs, and I think they're great looking watches. I know they're totally capable. I'm a self-professed Dex diver. Um, so a lot of the, the technical part isn't going to apply to me anytime soon. But by diving Doxa's catalog, I discovered the 600T. And if I was going to get a Doxa, I like that. It's got some of the angular vibes of like a samurai, you know, I, that's just my jam. So, you know, taking that interest in Doxa initially helped me go learn about the brand, go see what else they have in their catalog, and then just kind of wait because you never know, like Doxa could release something and all of a sudden there's a new thing that I really like. And because I know enough about Doxa, I feel comfortable pulling the trigger. Because at the end of the day, just because you're interested in in a brand you find out about or an actual model from a brand doesn't necessarily mean that you need something from that brand right then. You know, they're going to release more stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, even Rolex does. They, they release stuff. You just, it's hard to get, right? But so how do we combat this? Well, I, I want to say the best resource I think would be to use the watch fam for insights into brands. Like if you are active on Instagram, I think that's a great way, even, you know, a self-professed real maker. But there's tons of people who post pictures and they post beautiful pictures, like high quality images. You can get and see some detail on these timepieces. Um, for the people that post wrist shots, you know, if you follow the person and talk to them, you can find out what size wrist they, they have. Um, how does it wear? Uh, how does it feel? I know most of the watch fan that I've engaged with that I have relationships with now are because I just asked a simple question. And, you know, I was polite, like, hey, I'm sorry to bother you, blah, 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 blah. And they would just like go on and just go on and on about the question I had because they're willing to share their information. They're willing to get the knowledge out there, especially if, you know, you're asking from an honest place. You're just interested. You don't know because it's impossible to see all these watches, right? I wish in my local area there was more watch meetups because I would love to get my hands on a lot more brands to kind of get an idea what's out there. But number one, number one way to battle is use the watch fam for insights. They're out there. They're going to help you. That will go a long way to helping you pump the brakes on pulling the trigger on a purchase. Trust me, because if it's one little thing like, well, the movement's a little wonky or the stem action is kind of funny, you're going to get the truth out there, right? The most important part is the, the watch fam tends to be pretty honest. I haven't had a whole lot of dishonesty in there. So number one resource, watch fam. Number two, uh, learn about who gets the watches that you see in this media cycle first. And by that, I mean... Pay attention to the cycles. Pay attention to all of a sudden this watch is hot. And now everyone's talking about this watch in YouTubes and podcasts and all that stuff. I said YouTube's like a 90 years old. Pay attention. To, it all pops up in YouTube, podcast, and, you know, written media. A lot of times when a new release comes out, a lot of people in the media get it to review it, which I think is totally fine. I mean, I reviewed stuff. Uh I would say that some media can be a little more critical than others. And I would say kind of go in the middle with that, right? You don't want to be too far on the left, too far on the right. Some people are like hyper judgy on it. Some people, are, everything's great. I'm pretty sure the answer is usually somewhere in the middle. Learn about who gets these first and under, it helps you understand why you're seeing so much about this one timepiece at that time. And then you'll be like, okay, I'm going to take a pump back. They're releasing this. Everyone's getting it out there. It is a good way to gather information on it though. You know, if you're a good judge of character by by reading or, or viewing or listening, you can kind of get a, a roundabout idea if you want to deal with it, because there's all different kinds of stuff that comes out in those 
reviews, you, you hear stuff about, you know, um, the finishing of a product, the way the movement is, the accuracy, if you're an accuracy person, um, you know, the quality of the build, uh, what was done in the build as far as engineering goes. Sometimes you hear stuff like customer service um, issues, et cetera, et cetera. You can learn a lot. So I would say when that initial first wave of the media cycle comes out about this timepiece uh, that you're interested in, just watch as much as you can, listen as much as you can to make an educated decision. Because a lot of times brands release something new and it's not a special edition or something. It's just going to be there for a while. You're just not going to get it when it first comes out. And for me personally, I'm pretty good with that. And I can tell you a story about that when I wrap this uh, portion of the podcast up, but learn about who gets the watches first. I would say that's the second one. And there's a correlation between the first wave of media on this new piece and why it's getting out there and not in a bad way. It's just out there, but there's a correlation. And then the third thing I would say you have as a weapon against FOMO would be patience. Just battle FOMO with patience, because I feel like if you go through the back catalog, if you see what other the brands have to offer besides the new thing that's getting released, then you're going to see stuff that you're interested in. So take that time and use that patience to save some cash. I can't recommend this enough of putting money, having a watch fund and putting money into the watch fund. Uh, trust me, it, you're going to see something pop up later, or maybe you get to handle something at a watch meetup and, and you just fall in love with this thing. And if you didn't have the money to pull the trigger on it because you haven't been patient, it's going to stink. Trust me on that one. I got some pieces that I wish I'd never bought, uh, based off what I know now. And I'm saving up for some other stuff, but you know, a little bit of patience on my part in the beginning would have helped me with that. So just something to think about, uh, take that patience and use time to learn about the brands. Again, I can't stress that enough. Learn about the brands, where are they made, who makes their movements, um, what's customer service like, what are their warranties like, uh, what's the wear experience like, what's the, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, what's the resale value? I always take a look at that because there's a chance I, I fall out of love with something. It'd be nice to sell it and at least make 75 cents on the dollar, you know, in some cases. I know with some of the more expensive timepieces, you can actually make some money. So that's something to consider too, because that might be something you're into. And lastly, take this patience to understand it'll be okay. All this stuff in the watch enthusiast space happens in cycles. You're going to see it. I mean, it's just like any other consumer space, right? That stuff's going to go on and they're going to tell you, you got to get it right now. But, and there's going to be people telling you, you should get it right now. But I would, I would tell you that patience is a virtue and using patience, using the watch fam and taking the time to learn about these brands will definitely help you fight FOMO. So that wraps up the watch enthusiast section. And now I want to I want to discuss in the veteran related stuff, a really cool resource I found that actually led me to a bunch of other resources. So for those of you that follow me on Instagram, if you don't, it's watch rolling on IG uh, every Friday. I, I usually do. It's been a little bit, I, I haven't done it too much in the holidays and with my friend passing away, but it's going to start back up this Friday. Uh, I make sleep reels. I try to make them for one minute and I usually put some classical piano or string, something that helps people sleep. And it'll be like a nice loom shot on a hyperlapse uh, video loop. And people have told me that they have them, uh, they've helped them get to sleep. And uh, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but um, I decided I'm going to keep making them for the watch fam. So when, and my fellow veterans. So I, I was 
trying to find something for sleep and I found this VA red, it, it's a resource through the VA. It's from a different company. It's, from, it's called guided eye rest and it's trademarked. It's a meditation for sleep and relaxation and it's a phone based class. And it's every Tuesday, January 3rd, starts on Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023 and repeats every week. And when I looked at the calendar, it just keeps repeating and repeating from 5 PM to 6 AM. So it's a integrative restoration. I rest is an evidence-based mind body approach that offers you tools to help you relax deeply, release stress, increase resiliency, improve your interpersonal relationships, and empower you to practice self-regulation and self-care to support your health and wellness. So this class is phone-based and is available to all veterans. No registration is required. And like I said, the class schedule is Tuesdays, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Occurs every Tuesday except for on federal holidays. And then the phone number to the class is 1404-397-1596. That's the United States or toll-free 1-833-558-0712. And I'm not going to list the access code over the thing because when I include the link, if you're really interested, you can get the show notes and get the access code there. But it looks pretty cool. So with tomorrow being it, I'm going to actually call in tomorrow and see, uh, use it for the first time. I've, I've done some of my own research and I do some meditative stuff to help myself get to sleep. Uh, that doesn't mean I always sleep great the whole night, but I, I've pretty much gotten to where I can actually kind of go to sleep if I really try to, all things considered. But this website also has a link to a bunch of VA resources and that I'm going to talk about now. And so this relates, and I'll include both links in the show notes again. So this is a war-related illness and injury study center. And it's the California one. So they have this online yoga resources page on the VA website. And they have recordings of several meditation classes that are provided as a resource to use at your convenience. So if you can get access to the page, it's right there for you. Uh, It's awesome. There's a yoga nidra sleep and other guided meditation. There's a yoga class testimonial. So you can learn about it and contact information on the right in the middle. There's an eight week integrative restoration meditation series. And this is led by uh, Louise Mahoney and, um, Master of Science, R-Y-T, Tech 500. And there's eight different sessions. So there's a heartfelt mission and purpose session, inner resource session, body sensing session, feelings and emotions, thoughts and beliefs, joy, awareness, and integration. And then it goes on to talk about what the ancient yoga nidra, quote unquote, sleep meditation. Uh, This was developed with the military veteran population in mind. Like we just talked about eight of it. And there's 10 stages of eye rest. And it basically will just help you. And then there's audio files on the webpage. It's freaking awesome. So like there's a actual embedded audio link in each for each one of the sections or sessions on the webpage. So you can listen to them all from the webpage. And on the right-hand side, they have the they have downloadable PDF. So they have the yoga class schedule for telehealth and mediation, mediation, telehealth and meditation. There's a yoga for women schedule, a telehealth class schedule. There's flyers and handbooks. So there's a handbook on yoga. It teaches you what yoga is about. Uh, a yoga nidra flyer for veterans, one for providers, a yoga breathing for stress reduction, and a 10-minute chair yoga. And then there's a publication, which is a symptom improvement publication. So I will include the links to all of this on the show notes. There's two testimonies on YouTube from a lady named Amy and a gentleman named Bert. And then there's more contact information down below. So, you know, I like everyone to try to get some sleep if they can. Uh, you know, that's important to me. Um, I know it 
getting eight hours of sleep, which is very rare for me. But I think if I get six, six and a half, I'm going to rock it that day. So um, I hope you can uh, use those resources that I shared with you. And then this week's closing thoughts. I appreciate you tuning into episode 35. It's uh, It's been a long couple of weeks, but I appreciate every, everyone's support. All the all the words of support and kind words and um, grace shown to me by the watch fam for the loss of my friend. I, I really, I can never repay you all. So to everyone that, you know, whether it was a little DM or it's a little message or a text for those at my phone number, um, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate and thank you. I look forward to next week's episode 36 and this week's positive affirmation. You know, loss isn't easy. And all I can tell you is focus on what you have left. That can sound easier said than done. But I can speak from experience that sometimes when you lose something, it's really easy to hyper-focus it on what you've lost and lose sight of what you still have. And remember, at watchrolling.com, you make the watch. The watch doesn't make you.